0: Hey, welcome to the Coach Bono's podcast here on the studio soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recording live at the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at OAGKS.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at Coach Bono's Show. Check out the Facebook page. Just search for Coach Bono's Show. You'll find it there. And you can email us at CoachBono's Show at gmail.com. This is episode 45.5, and as always, on the point five, I am joined by the legal counsel of the Coach Bono's podcast, the token girl. She has great legs, but an even greater mind. My co-host, Ellen Wingenter. Ellen, how are you today?
1: You know, I'm a little freaked out that one of my great legs is getting sliced into Monday, but otherwise, I'm doing well. How about you?
0: I'm doing all right. If you need some help with that great leg, just... uh, I think I know a couple of folks might be able to help you with that.
1: <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, getting that ACL replaced on Monday. So uh, I think you, you might have a different co-host next week, but I'm sure you'll find a, a, a good replacement.
0: I, I'm still, uh, we're still doing the interview process and some, uh, okay. you know, we'll see. It, it definitely won't be a permanent replacement. But I
1: th- or maybe I'll just come on super high on opiates and have a good time. We'll just here. No. That may not be a bad idea. (laughs) You know, it it could be
0: worse. It could Uh, be. Hey, um, a a lot to talk about. You know, we had you last week. You had to take a little break. So I had P money come in and we've had uh, Uncle Rico come in. But I wanted to open the floor to you. I know that last week on Friday, our normal point five, I did kind of a spiel, a little something at the end. Our original plan was you and I were going to speak a lot about what's going on in the politics world. And we're going to kind of do this today uh, a couple of ways. We're going to kind of have two segments. We're going to talk about what's happened in America over the last couple of weeks. We're going to do that first. Then we're going to take a little break. We're going to do sports stuff right after that. So I'm going to leave the floor open to you because I really want to hear from a, a, not just a lady, but someone I respect, someone I admire, and someone I know has got a thoughtful opinion on a lot of the things, whether it's the Supreme Court and a lot of things that we've been ruling on here. Mm-hmm. I want to hear your opinions and your thoughtfulness. Like I said, I'm going to leave the floor open to you for a little bit here. So
1: okay, how you doing uh- you know, I, 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 I do not have organized thoughts the way okay. that you did. Um, you know, Monday was, was the 4th of July and there was yet another mass shooting. And we are at a confluence of events where there are there's a somewhat large portion of the United States populace who likes to spout that they are pro-life and believe that my body, my choice in certain particular circumstances. But that also involves allowing people to have military grade weapons for no purposeful reason beyond hunting other humans. And so, It is truly disheartening to have the Dobbs ruling come down and seeing Roe dismantled and having it partitioned out on a state by state level. And I'm grateful that I live in Colorado who has basically said we will be a sanctuary state for those seeking abortion services we are also home to multiple mass shootings. To me, it seems, I I am fully and completely aware that you can hold two truths at once, but to claim that you are pro-life and pro-2A in a way that allows things like what happened on Monday doesn't make sense to me, especially when you add it to the fact that many on the right think that People who are forced to give birth shouldn't receive maternal care, shouldn't receive pro-birth care, shouldn't receive any help for those who need it for small children. We have a daycare system which robs families of money and fails to pay people who work in it any kind of reasonable wage. We are fucked. And if you see someone like Elon Musk today on on Twitter saying that he's here to populate Mars because there's no human population on Mars, it's going to be sooner than later, given some of the decisions that have come down on a variety of reasons, Earth may just be as bereft of humanity quicker than any of us think that the climate crisis, guns, Lack of health care and lack of a social safety net are actually going to provide.
0: I think you just were very eloquent there. I think that I read the Elon Musk stuff today on Twitter this morning, too. They were recording this on Thursday. <laughs> He's talking about wanting to put people on the mar on Mars. That that is some, that is the example. I mean, that is just the perfect example of white privilege.
1: Did you see Mariah Carey's ex-husband join in the discussion?
0: I had not, no.
1: He did. He was just like, yo, I'm here for it too, because I impregnate all women with twins, essentially.
0: He can go fuck himself too.
1: I mean, it wasn't that blatant, but I was like, Nick Cannon, do you really have any room to slide into this conversation? No, you do not, yeah. thank you.
0: To do what Elon Musk is doing. And and, and yeah. it's not this is not this argument's not even about Elon Musk, but it's a great example of where we are to, in kind of a non-political way, because he claims to not be one way or the other, although I think it's pretty clear which way he is. You know, we just had 4th of July. Yeah. And this was the least patriotic 4th of July I can remember in my lifetime. You know, I've heard, I've traveled a little bit internationally, not a lot. Mm -hmm. And I know that there is internationally a um, a slander almost on Americans that we are rude, obnoxious. Yeah. Yeah. You know, everywhere you go, these things are said about Americans. And, you know, it's just true at this point. We're a whole bunch of assholes.
1: Kind of feels that way.
0: And we're a whole bunch of assholes because we, you mentioned, I know I mentioned it on Friday. We say, people say they're pro-life, but they don't worry about what happens with guns. And as soon as something happens, they're going to make an excuse. We're already hearing the people talking about the mass shooting the Illinois sandwich, there you go, Chicago again. And you don't realize it's the suburbs.
1: In a and very affluent suburbs.
0: suburbs, very liberal. Um, you know, it's ignorance. It's just an ignorance that we have to hold on to these values. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot's been said about, you know, I read the first part of the Declaration of Independence on, right. on Friday. And then I, you know, read about, these things they complained about at the time. But I also remember a quote this weekend that Thomas Jefferson said, the Constitution should be rewritten every 20 years to take into account changes in the world. There was no reason to think about guns in 1776 that were going to have bump stocks.
1: Well, I mean, hell. All I mean, of, all, all, all of the signers of probably of the Constitution were slave owners as well. And they just. Yeah humanity in that
0: an entire an entire gender didn't have rights yeah and that's what it's about control it is it's about control and i blame republicans i grew up in a conservative household and i realized the older i got i went man a lot of this stuff's bullshit and a lot of it's bullshit because it wasn't about your personal rights it was about someone saying hey these are your rights while they're picking your pocket yeah and that's what it really is and i feel for ladies i feel for our black and brown friends and we're seeing it we're seeing what's going on and you know i compared the republicans and what they're doing to a a jihad
1: it's Yeah, I know. I heard and I appreciated the thoughtfulness that you put into it. And I am very concerned um, that Ron DeSantis will be the president in
0: 2024.
1: And uh, this will become the authoritarian state that Republicans like to claim socialism is. And they will find out what authoritarianism authoritarianism is, and it's not socialism necessarily. And uh, it's not going to be great for everybody. Even some of the white folk, because it's going to hit real hard on all the poor white folk, especially. That's going to be tough. I, it's, it's hard to sit and think about the downward spiral that we're about to head into over the next 6 to 10 to 12 plus years, because I don't know as though after this midterm election, we will see a Democratic majority in the federal government anytime in the near future. Yeah.
0: No, and that's the thing is that now it's going to be about getting getting a Republican president so they can stack the courts more. If God forbid they get a majority in uh in the senate because then they're going to do away with the filibusters they can do all the stuff they want to do
1: i don't think that they would though you don't think they i honestly right? i honestly don't um I, I can see that i guess Go because it'll, it it's the fear of the minority coming back in yeah so they want to have that backstop from their position as possibly being the minority, So they can filibuster whatever they want to. I,
0: as I said that I realized the same thing. And yeah, that was the right point. It was the point of going, yeah, she's right on that. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. And you know, it's, it's really interesting seeing all this and talking about this juxtaposing it against the UK where After 15 bazillion scandals, the prime minister of the UK, Boris Johnson, was finally convinced to resign because just about every single minister in his cabinet said, fuck you, I'm walking after the most recent scandal. But it's he's still like he's not admitted any wrongdoing to anything. He's just like, that's the brakes. I saw
0: something right now. He's not resigning from office, is he?
1: He He's resigning, but acting as a quote unquote caretaker okay. prime minister until the conservative party, because whoever rule, um, whoever has the majority party in parliament gets to choose the prime minister. OK, so that's the conservatives how conservatives have control yes. of the UK Parliament so they have to choose the next Prime Minister. Okay, because I had
0: seen that he had resigned from the Conservative Party. That's what I had seen.
1: He has technically officially resigned as Prime Minister. And is he says he's not going to be doing any kind of uh, financial decision making things around Ukraine, whatever. And he, of course, also like appointed a bunch of replacement ministers just before his resignation announcement. So I, I don't know, he's all fucked up. I mean, he is a weird fucking dude, plagiarist, uh, repeated, uh, cheater on various partners has any number of children that haven't been accounted for. So we're covering like, Donald Trump, Herschel Walker, um, and God knows who else yeah. as far as an equivalency over here. It's, it's kind of wild. Hey, let's talk about Herschel
0: Walker for a minute. It's a little bit sports related as well. So I guess he tried to hide it from all his own people, including people inside his own um, staff.
1: His own staff. And the Republican I mean, yeah. convention, they were just like, yeah, we've got to research this on our own because we don't believe shit that's coming out of this man's mouth anymore.
0: And you know what? If you know anything about the guy, he's been full of shit since the 1980s.
1: And no one knows if there's not more secret children out
0: there. Oh, it, oh, I'm sure there is. He's not a smart man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this guy tried to say he was valid Victorian at uh at Georgia. He never graduated. No, sir. I mean, just because you won the Heisman, don't make you valedictorian. I mean, it's I wild how that works. I just, Joe Burrow won the Heisman. I don't think he was a valedictorian.
1: It's very wild, and this hits home for Broncos fans with the uh, revelation today or this week that Demaryius Thomas was at level two CTE, yeah. and um, you kind of think. About that relative to Herschel Walker, and you wonder how people can just blindly vote for someone that they know their name.
0: That group of people, they vote for the R.
1: It's, I don't know. It's wild to me. It's troubling to me. Um, just as much as I hate single-issue voters, I hate single-party voters. Yeah. Well, you
0: know, I say that. I say that. And if you heard me on Friday, I went off.
1: I, know. So I don't going to vote for
0: Republican for fucking dog catchers.
1: I, I. Not right now. The nice thing about Colorado is that we have, they have now switched to, of course, we've been mailing uh, voting forever, but they got rid of the caucuses. So if you're unaffiliated, which I choose to be, so I can see both ballots, I get the Republican ballot and the democratic ballot and can see all the candidates and all the issues And I can do my homework.
0: And that's the important part is doing your homework. Yeah. There are good people on both sides. Hey, Liz Cheney showing that.
1: Yeah. But I mean, Kansas, for instance, has a huge issue coming on the ballot in August. You know, we are very hardcore vote no.
0: Yeah. For those that don't know, here in Kansas, there's a vote that's going to be the ballot um, it's going to be voting to have a, to amend the state constitution that will outlaw the federal or state funding for any sort of abortion. It doesn't outlaw the act of an abortion, not yet, but it outlaws any abortion that is going to receive any funding from the federal government or the state government. Now, why that's important, at least in my view, is a law like this will proportionately hurt poor people.
1: Absolutely. And it's a slippery slope. It
0: is. Look, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm a baby killer or for, but what I am for is for a woman to have a choice. Look, I've been very clear. I've been my my personal business out there. My son, you guys have heard him on here. He was born at 24 weeks. And... The day he was born, I almost lost my wife. I could have lost one of them, both of them. We had to make a real hard decision. Mm -hmm. And we went in and talked. We were with our doctor, her doctor, and she was in the hospital for a number of days before having to give birth early. And the question given to us was, in the event that there is a, a medical emergency where it would harm my wife yeah, would losing the baby, what's more important. Yeah, And it wasn't even a question to me. I want my wife. Mm-hmm. We can have another opportunity to have a little child. Now, right. look, I'm fortunate. They both survived mm-hmm. because we had good healthcare. We had people, we had a great doctor. Uh, my wife's doctor was an incredible guy. He has since retired a super, super guy, and their staff at Overland Park Regional was so good to us for the three months that my son was in that hospital after he was born. Yeah. But we had to make a really tough decision, and that decision was, boy, if her life's in danger, what do we do? And to me, it was no question because we'd have other opportunities, and it's her choice. In the end, I supported her choice. And she what she what do you think? I just said, hey, I support your choice. But we can we can make this happen again. Yeah. Let's just take care of you. Yeah. And I know other people who have been through abortions and it just, but maybe it was health. Maybe it was they were young and they were scared. Yeah. Maybe they just, you know, made a bad decision and they said, well, and, and there's a guilt to that. I understand yeah. that. At the same time. I believe that a woman should have that choice. I don't think it should be dictated by a bunch of old white men.
1: The New York times daily podcast today I listened to, and it was about, it was an interview with one of the leaders of the legislation of anti abortion legislation. Uh, And he kept talking at times about the sanctity of life and he would mention from time to time the idea of the health of the mother. But I think the thing that all this legislation fails to capture is that they are looking at the immediate health of the mother. They aren't looking at the hell the woman went through to get pregnant, who has a health emergency who may have to raise this child on their own, who's a victim of sexual assault, incest, rape. Um, You know, I'm sure all of us have seen the headlines of the 10 year old girl who had to go up to Indiana from Ohio over the last week because she was raped by her father and impregnated and uh, couldn't get an abortion in Indiana. So the health of the mother to your point of making a choice needs to be a much broader consideration than an emergent medical need.
0: Yeah, that's well put. I agree with you on that. I haven't had to battle with my beliefs on this because I just, again, I just think that we're going to have those rights. Those, and this was settled. It was for 50 years. Yeah. This this is the only time I can recall In my life, where we actually took freedoms away from somebody, was this. You could argue the Patriot Act has done some things, but I—I
1: mean, those freedoms, those freedoms are a
0: little different. I think you know, taking your fucking shoes off at the at the the airport, I think it's not a freedom you need to fucking worry about.
1: Uh, Some of that shit is just bullshit at this point, though, and needs to be stopped. But I mean, the fact that they were. quoting or referring to Dred Scott and Plessy V. Ferguson as uh, guidance yeah. to overturn Roe is fucking gross. Yeah. We're in a shitstorm. We are. It's and, not going to be good.
0: <laughs> so we are in a place right now where it is, we're taking rights away from people. Yes. And that is incorrigible. In a, in, a, in a place where this whole country was founded on individual freedom. And it's funny that the same people who are like, fighting against ladies having a choice of what to do were the same people 18 months ago saying, my body, my choice, when it came to a vaccine.
1: Right, or mask, or yes. anything. Yeah, so, I mean... That
0: really bugs me. The inconsistency of people.
1: The hypocrisy of people.
0: It's really, that's exactly right.
1: It's Uh, gross. And it's all because white people are scared. Older white men are scared. Rich, white, older men are scared.
0: Yes, they are. But what they've done is they've weaponized the poor people. They weaponized the uneducated poor white man. I fully agree. And there's a great Lyndon Johnson quote about that where he says to the effect of you can tell if you can convince the lowest white man, he's better than the best colored man. He won't notice you're picking his pocket. He'll give him, he'll give him somebody to look down on and he'll empty his pockets for you. Yeah.
1: And this is what, Uh, frankly, I think is wrong with the human race altogether is that we have, uh, an innate need to create and quote unquote other. And it happens in every culture, in every race, in every society, it does not matter. I mean, I've never understood why. And it's, it, there's some psychology about needing to be, hierarchical i guess that has to live somewhere but that's the core of all of it othering
0: yeah as long as there's always us versus them yep then someone else is going to take advantage of that
1: yeah absolutely
0: i say that and i'm against them quite a bit
1: well so i guess on that note we should probably actually get on to the sports part of this podcast all
0: right hey i got a question before we get there what you Uh, got you know, we got a great sponsor, and I'm going to talk about our great sponsor, Gold Belly. From yeah. here. um, have you been on Gold Belly yet? Have you got anything over there yet?
1: I have looked around, but I haven't ordered. But given that I'm going to be right. laid up, maybe I'll have to uh indulge myself.
0: All right, have you first off the Brooklyn Brownie Company, the uh cookie stuff?
1: I've heard you raise okay.
0: I sent them to a friend for her birthday, <laughs> one of my best friends, and she was like, Oh, those were good. Yeah, she's like, yeah. And she's like, I have to go work out more and train more. She she runs marathons. And she's like, yeah. She says, I had four of them one day. And I was like, sorry. Have you ever been to the Texas State Fair?
1: No, I've not.
0: I've been once. I went with a kid. And uh, I'll tell you that there's a famous corn dog at the state fair called Fletcher's. Famous Texas corn dogs. And Fletcher's original corn dogs are now on Gold Belly.
1: Oh wow, that's fun. So,
0: I, I may be ordering those. Meat and P money. We're going to do a couple things while the from the White Coast uh, training. I think we're going to be doing We're definitely doing the weekender lobster thing. We even told I it I about heard 4th. about we're the seafood that.
1: spread, so Yeah,
0: we're going to be doing that for sure. Uh, but I was looking around and we're going to definitely be hitting the uh, original corny dogs from Fletcher's. What you do is you go in on Goldbelly, um use our link in the show notes. You can order stuff from different regions. So there's a type of food you like, and maybe you don't get that near where you are. I like. I was in the Southwest stuff earlier. I was kind of feeling some like green chili chili. Mm. So I was looking around some stuff from the Southwest, and then I came across that. and I was like, "Oh, that looks so good." And then oh, I remembered those. And
1: yeah, and so um, yeah,
0: it just some really cool stuff. And I recommend it highly. If you use our link in the show notes, you get twenty five bucks off a of fifty dollar order. So if you go in and you spend fifty bucks, gonna get it for half off. It's a nice. great way to do it. Or if you're going to buy something big for somebody for, for a birthday present or an anniversary gift or whatever it might be, here's a great way to save 25 bucks and get them something they're never going to forget. So check that out. Gold Belly. Just check out the show notes with a link in there. Click it. We appreciate it. They're the ones who keep sponsoring the show that we can keep this free. Um, but, hey, we want to thank them for sponsoring the pod. Check it Absolutely. out. Goldbelly.com. And you can see the link in our show notes. Let's jump to sports. A couple all of right. big things have happened. Now, have we talked about alignment, you and I? So,
1: is USC and UCLA? Yes. The USC-UCLA had been announced. Yeah. When we last got together. Okay. Um, but there's been a whole lot of ideas thrown around since then. Basically, all hell has broken loose. It has.
0: And it looks like the Big 12's new commissioner is paying some dividends.
1: Um, Again, he came from Rock Nation. Yeah. He knows what he's doing with some of this stuff on a corporate level. It's strange because so the three,
0: five, all changed commissioners in the last three years. Yep. And the SEC and the Big Big 10, they were up front of everything. And they also get the two big names. They've kicked ass on everything.
1: 10's mm-hmm. in
0: the middle of negotiating the TV contract right now. And they're going to get a huge one. They're going to get a bigger one than the SEC.
1: Right, with Fox. Yep.
0: Yeah, most likely with Fox. Now, we have a situation. The Pac-12 is losing two of their biggest guns, UCLA and USC. Yes. And their biggest market. There was some talk that UCLA wouldn't leave because they were part of the UC family and they would do yeah. them and Cal together, but they jumped ship and they jumped ship quick with USC.
1: I was actually a little surprised about that.
0: I read some stuff about what happened there. I don't know if I've talked to you about that. I think I might've mentioned it where they had, there was so much debt in the UCLA sports programs. Right. They
1: They were going to cut Olympic teams.
0: Yeah. And they were, and then COVID put them even further behind in the money that the money they're going to get, even the first couple of years was going to square them up. Right. And and they also want some atmosphere because they have the Rose bowl.
1: Well, and I think the thing that many people think about with a realignment is that those tethered schools in a state kind of run together.
0: Yeah. Now we had seen, I think there was some concern that they wouldn't go together because we saw Oklahoma drop Oklahoma state, like a, like a rock in the water. It's like, I'm yes. sorry. And just left them. Yeah. Um, you know, Kansas kind of tried to keep Kansas state the best they could. I, I still could see Kansas moving, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think the big 12 has done something. The big 12 is currently talking to six pac 12 schools. Mm-hmm. And I think they're likely to get all of them unless the big Ten makes a big move on Oregon and Washington. Washington? Yeah. Now, I was under the understanding that Oregon and Washington were kind of the next two, the big 10 we're gonna go after. Yeah, but it looks like the big Ten is focused in on Notre Dame.
1: Which makes sense given their independent contract with NBC.
0: Yeah, and they could keep some of that and then go into the Big Ten. There's history as far as who Notre Dame has played in football all those years. Especially with USC. USC, well, USC, Michigan, Ohio State. I mean, these are all yeah. historical teams. Now you bring yeah. in USC, that's a great thing for Notre Dame. Yep. Um, I do think Notre Dame is gonna end up in the Big Ten. Yeah, I've it heard, I mean. I have heard that what the Big Ten was considering was if they get Notre Dame, that they wanted one more team from the West, and that would be Stanford.
1: Which makes sense from an academic standpoint. Academic
0: standpoint, because they are
1: high on the academic thing. You
0: have to be a certain thing to get in. Yeah, so
1: with the Big Ten, you have to be a certified school for academic uh, research and that kind of thing, so I think it's a – IAA or something like that, which KU is part of those programs, which is why some of it has drawn attention to KU, that they would fit into that kind of rubric that the Big Ten holds. But that would make sense.
0: Well, adding Notre Dame would give them 17 teams. Adding Stanford makes it 18. If you go to a full 20 Oregon and Washington make sense. We know that now we know that the SEC is talking about expansion. They're currently talking to five schools and they are going to take four. of them. The five they're discussing are North Carolina, Clemson, Virginia, Florida State, Miami. And the wild card is Clemson at this point. So it looks like what's going on is the next kind of bomb to drop is what does Notre Dame do? Mm-hmm. And I I think that's the Big Ten. Um, I think we're going to see that sooner than later. And when I mean sooner, I think between now and the end of 2022. Okay, I don't think it's going to happen before August the 15th or something like that. I, but I think the next ball to drop is that one. I think that it's important for the Big Ten to get Notre Dame on board before they finalize their TV contract. Makes sense. Because it's a big, big name. Yep. They can work out with Notre Dame. The thing is now is that the TV contract you're going to get for Fox for the Big Ten will be worth just as much to Notre Dame as Notre Dame's current contract with NBC. But Notre Dame has more say. It's basically a three-hour commercial for the university at this point.
1: Right, and it has been for years they've done it, yeah. And that's but they will, so they won't have as much
0: say in how they're presented, but also the, the TV part, whether that's NBC or CBS or Fox, most likely Fox, is not going to want to up with the Apple card. So I don't see that being a problem. The money makes sense. Um, the, the wild card from there to me becomes Clemson. It becomes, does Clemson want to be the biggest football school in a weak ACC, or are they willing to join the SEC?
1: I'm going to counter it with something that you have said that you're dead locked in on, and I think you're completely wrong on. What's that? North Carolina is going to determine this because they are taking Duke wherever they go. I do think there's any chance that Duke's gonna be in the assistant. I think there is a thousand and ten percent chance that it's happening because I think your idea of everything falling apart around Duke and Carolina is sh- very short-sighted. It's not based on the coaches, it's based truly on the teams. Okay. I'm and so I I think that you just saying, oh, well, Coach K is gone, Roy Williams is gone you know, this, that, and the other. You've got two former players coaching their alma maters.
0: Yeah, that's true. We're
1: going to continue to go after each other. Shire has the number one recruiting team for the incoming season for the 2023, 22-23 season. This rivalry is not going to die and they will travel together.
0: Did you you hear my stop? Did you hear my suggestion about what I what my solution for that whole Duke North Carolina thing was that North Carolina talks to the SEC and says our rivalry with Duke means a lot. We want to keep the football game. We want to keep the basketball game.
1: Nope, that doesn't work. Why? It's too embedded in the culture. Okay. This is these are probably the two programs that I could honestly say they are what. Um, five miles apart in distance, in the triangle, they all live in each other's communities. Sure. These schools are enmeshed in a way that no other like true rivalry is. Okay It will not it it just can't be football then, and basketball.
0: Then let me provide you with an ID. Okay. What if the Big 12 went ahead and grabbed Oregon and Washington and the 19th and 20th team in the Big 10 were Duke and North Carolina?
1: So here's my problem with the 20 team. And this was something that I, I heard listening to the Ion College basketball podcast with uh, Parrish Norlander. Once you hit 20 teams, you're – playing a professional league and i think that's a fair assessment because you can't have rivalries you can't have anything that means something the one thing i love about the big 12 especially in basketball every team plays each other twice because there's currently only 10 teams in the league yeah and so if you go to these mega conferences what are you Again, beyond the money, what are the leagues gaining as opposed to what are the fan bases and alumni and, um, you know, the towns where these schools are located gaining or losing? Because the idea is, to your point, UCLA has the Rose Bowl. Great. If they're playing Rutgers, are they going to fill the Rose Bowl? To play Rutgers? I,
0: well, see, I have a thought on that, and I said this. I think that there's going to be certain – because you're going to play Rutgers probably once every four years at home. You're not going to have them every year, and you're going to play at home. Like the SEC is now. I mean, the SEC right now, um, um, LSU has not played a home game in Missouri yet. They were supposed but, to play this year game that – But what would you with, want with, to what, Hang on, let me finish. Uh, What I mean by that is Rutgers plays UCLA at the Rose Bowl. It's a great excuse. This is why UCLA got in, in my view. It's a great excuse for people to pack up and go to LA for a game. The example being just last year, they played LSU in a non-con game and LSU fans showed up.
1: I fully understand that. But I also understand having gone to USC... And the packages that they sell to students and alumni to go up to Stanford for the weekend for the game. yeah, You can't sell a package that's reasonable to go to Rutgers, to go to Wisconsin, to go to Michigan, to go to Michigan State. It just some of the, the lack of regionality is going to stop making sense.
0: Yes. Now, and I said that going back the other way is going to be the difficult. It is going to right. be difficult for the UCLA at Penn State game.
1: From a travel perspective, yes. yes. But either way, in reality, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah.
0: I look at it now. This, these are professional leagues. These are professional leagues. These two giant conferences that are going to be 20 teams. Yeah. These are professional conferences.
1: They, they are the minor leagues for the NFL. And yeah. I think you made this point when we spoke last Friday that because I said, well, what about basketball? Because I am a basketball person. Yeah. And it, it keeps being highlighted that basketball is just not a factor. It's a bonus. It is. I mean,
0: in the end, this is a football first deal. Which sucks. Well, I mean, I, that's where the money is. But again, I mean the money that these schools are getting, yeah. the money these schools are getting for their conference in football is more than the entire NCAA tournament is now.
1: Which I understand. And, and this was a point that Gary Parrish made on the pod. He was like, great, they can build fantastic um, you know practice facilities and all that kind of thing. Who in the hell is coming to those beyond the players? And if you can't bring butts to seats for those games, how much does it really matter?
0: Well, I think you look at it is that certain places do fill up anyway. I mean, that's the top one, the LA shoes, the Alabama, those kind of thing, uh, that kind of stuff. Um, but there's going to be. I mean, we're at the point now where going to a game. Is not as good as watching the game on television. No, I I don't necessarily like going to very many football games. I'd rather go in person to a high school game than a college game.
1: Because you unless you want a
0: certain atmosphere for your team, you know, if if, you know it's, it's because the coverage on television of football is so much better. In person.
1: And in person, yeah, absolutely. And so I
0: think that, again, that's even a second thought. You know, yeah, they're going to build big facilities. They're going to put more, you know. I think we're going to see nicer facilities, but smaller ones moving forward. I don't think anybody in the SEC is going to try to go back to this 100,000 seat stuff, like they were all doing for the last 15 years, where Tennessee and a few others said, oh, we got to go over 100,000. Yeah. Because it's gonna be so much money tied to watching on TV that again you're going to the game because that's your team.
1: Yeah.
0: And whether you're rutgers, you know, rutgers is there because supposedly they help bring a New York market to the big Ten. right. And you know, the FCC is gonna take Virginia because they think that's gonna help them get a DC market. Yep. It's why the SEC took Missouri thinking they were going to get,
1: you know, the Kansas city and St.
0: Louis markets. Yeah. They got part of the St. Louis market. They didn't get much of the Kansas city market. No. You know, I just think we're going to continue to see this. And I think that as these people are looking, it's not, hell, it's not even the, it's not the coaches. Hell it's not even the ADs now that are making these decisions. These are being made by the presidents and the biggest of the biggest money people.
1: So, this was a, a point that I didn't um, know, and I'd be curious as to your thoughts. So evidently, uh-huh. there was a court decision back in the mid 80s that allowed the football conferences to basically split off from the NCAA uh-huh. without any kind of detriment to the conferences. So is that essentially where we're heading that the conference, the football schools, Yes,
0: in short, yes. OK, what, what, what I think we're going to see, and I still think we're three to five years from this being completed. I don't think we're going to see the next round of realignment till the end of this year. Makes the sense. No, the Notre Dame domino is next. From there, it's going to be OK, what does the Big Ten do? And I think the Big Ten's got three or four different ways of doing this. And the first way is a Notre Dame. Yes. Bring Stanford with them, and then they figure out who is nineteen and twenty. That's either Oregon and Washington, or North Carolina and Duke. I don't know which one that'll be. Mm-hmm. I tend to think it's Oregon, Washington, but I do see where Oregon, Washington would rather be in the Big Twelve because they can still keep Oregon State and Washington State. The Big Twelve will raid the rest of
1: them. Yeah, they will take yeah.
0: the two Arizona schools. They're going to take Utah. Uh, yeah. They're going to take Washington, um, Oregon, Colorado, and Colorado. That gets them to the sixteen,
1: which is a lot of fun built-in rivalries yes. and handling of rivalries.
0: Yes, and I've even seen talk of how they would pod that up. Yeah, where that would and that's how these conferences are going. To, they're going to
1: pod these things. Which is now, was it the ACC that did away with their divisions?
0: The SEC, or yes, the ACC is, the SEC is going to, once expansion is done.
1: Yeah, but they the have a- a, C- the
0: SEC is talking like three different things. They have not come to a decision and it's because there's another round of realignment coming.
1: Yeah, um, but they haven't the made a decision. basically says, hey, there's no divisions. This yeah. is the three-year rotation. Yeah,
0: it's a pod thing as well. Okay. It's like. When they were talking about the 16 team pods in the SEC, an uh, argument was Texas and Oklahoma didn't like what their pod was going to be. Their pod was going to be Oklahoma, Texas, Texas a and and LSU, which in football is just murderer's fucking road. Oh, sure. So then the talk was well, that works because you put Arkansas with Missouri and, and Tennessee and Tennessee, or Missouri, Arkansas. Kentucky, and Tennessee. Okay. And then it was South Carolina, Georgia, Florida. I can't think of who the other one was now. Vanderbilt. With the two Alabama schools, two Mississippi schools in one. So then all the schools in the what would be the far west, the the two Texas schools, LSU and Oklahoma, were like, hey, how come Bama gets to face Mississippi, Mississippi state in Auburn and we got to all slug it out over here.
1: Right. But I'm saying but, the ACC has yeah. actually adopted this. I
0: think this you may season. be right. I haven't. Yeah. 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 And then the other piece I think we'll see is I, I think we'll see these pods happen. Um, but I do think they'll see four schools added to the SEC. Now, If the North Carolina Duke to the Big Ten happens, that works out okay with the SEC because they get Clemson, Florida State, Miami, and Virginia. The thing is that the SEC's got five schools they're looking at for four spots. And the Virginia thing is kind of new, but it's the one school they can take that would help them bring, one, a good alumni base, a rich alumni base. Yes. And a big market. Yeah. In theory for D.C. And so if you can do that, it works. Now, I think the idea of the Big Ten grabbing North Carolina and Michigan makes a lot of sense. I think North Carolina, if they split, I said North Carolina and Duke. So I think the SEC is looking at five schools and four spots. Okay. The North Carolina thing, if they would be untethered from Duke, makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm because you have south carolina you would hopefully get clemson that gives them the carolinas if north carolina is not willing to be untethered from duke to your point then i'm not sure the sec would take take would they not take duke and this is a conference that i think secretly the sec would love to find someone to take vanderbilt off their hands.
1: Which is interesting because Vanderbilt, from an academic standpoint, gives them a lot of pizzazz.
0: Yeah, but in the SEC, they don't really care. Going back, going back to what your thing about where are we going, mm-hmm. we're going to four conferences, four 20-team conferences in the next three to five years. It'll yeah. be the SEC, the Big Ten, whatever the ACC can draw together, the big, the Big 12 is the surprise one for me. They've done a good job in the last couple of weeks of getting people to come to them and to now start talking and being aggressive. And it was because they really were not aggressive at all for a generation.
1: No, like um, you know, the CU Nebraska stuff, everything was taken very slowly. The even after Texas and Oklahoma, that was very much a peace out, we're gone. Yeah. Um, but I guess my bigger question is, will the football programs yeah. be outside the NCAA framework? I,
0: yes, that's where I was going to go. Is okay. I do think that, yes, what I think will happen is I think that they'll end up being, instead of university programs, Mm -hmm. They'll be affiliates of the university in a separate way, and they will be their own entity for football only. Now I could see a situation where men's and women's basketball were included down the road. I don't think it's a likelihood, and I think that would be many years out. But what that would do is that affiliation. Would be deals with the university where the university says, "Okay, we're no longer on the hook for any of these scholarships. You gotta do all that shit yourself." Mm-hmm. These players do have to go to school; that's part of their deal. Yeah, and as part of that, a certain percentage of all monies coming in are paid to the university's athletic endowment, and that's what then supports the non-revenue sports, because if you just let them go, that revenue gets lost and that hurts all your non-revenue sports. Schools will not go for that. Right. So, but if you say, Hey, we get 30% off the top, that's going to be enough money to fund soccer, baseball, golf, women's uh, diving, swimming, the cross, yeah everybody has different ones i mean how kansas state is equestrian you know those sort of things frankly we're not the oversight they are now but more of just the people running the the tournaments so to speak the playoffs so to speak
1: well and i think i made that
0: distributing point. the money.
1: yeah back around the tournament i was like eventually that's all the ncaa is going to be good for so yeah. i i think some of your points are are well taken and It'll be interesting to see how the next few years rolls. Yeah.
0: And this is going to be a long process. Yeah. Now, the things that have to happen sooner than later, Notre Dame's going to make a decision. The SEC has to wrap up the whole Oklahoma-Texas thing.
1: Which so means that the, that the Big 12 has to make some quick decisions too. Which, yeah,
0: which then, because the as of right now, Oklahoma and Texas won't be members of the SEC till 2025. These new members of the Big 12 will come in in 2024, mm-hmm. but there's already been talked that OU and Texas are going to pay the fee and leave. Right. And that's supposed to happen sometime in this academic year coming up. Mm-hmm. I suspect that will happen sooner than later. So we'll start seeing that domino drop. Then the people coming over, the UCLA-USC thing is for 2024. Right. So we kind of got an idea where things are going to line up, the next three or four things are going to be what does Notre Dame do? Mm-hmm. What is the Big Ten's football contract? The, the TV contract. Yep. What then happens with do Oklahoma and Texas go early 2023, I think they will? And then the next piece will be when will then those teams come to the Big 12? And mm-hmm. they're still in discussion. Right. In the meantime, the Big 12 is out here. They're trying to hustle together a new TV contract quickly.
1: They're wilding. Why
0: not? And they're trying to do it fast because in the end, it's a competition now between the Big 12 and the ACC. And who's going to grab these last few and put a league together and be the next one to 16? Because that's what's going to be important is to have those members. Go
1: ahead. Well, no, I think – did you say that the Big 12 is negotiating a new contract? I believe it's the Pac 12 authorized their board of regents to go forward and negotiate the Big
0: 12 is also in discussions, trying to Okay, okay. Yeah, they're, they're working with Fox as well. Okay. Yeah, that was a big reason that he was hired, is that he has a very good relationship with the people at Fox.
1: Okay. I had to look seen at that.
0: all the um all the quotes you'll see on the new commissioner yeah. about who he is and his background. There is a quote from the head of the Big Twelve. Um, I'm sorry, the head of Fox Sports, saying this guy is this. This guy's great, yada yada. Um, it, I thought honestly a year ago the Pac-12 was going to be the one that was going to win this. They had gone and got someone who was not necessarily an outsider, but they went and got someone from the sports gaming world, right? Thinking that they went at the former G, uh, former CEO or CEO of um, MGM Gaming. Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, okay, let's do this. And so I thought, well, I was thinking outside the box because now they can negotiate gambling deals as well in most of their states. And we're going to see a bunch of that. Yep. Oh, that's going to go crazy. And that, I don't know, will be my league. I think that's going to be my school.
1: Um, because a yeah. lot of law, state laws. Yeah, so I think it's gonna come down to state law and what they can do to lobby and get stuff uh, mm-hmm. passed if it's not already legal. So yeah. So I think at the
0: so now these schools, that's the other thing you'll look at is conference realignment is hey, what schools can make deals with
1: gaming with gaming companies? Because and how much does that matter in the land of and I think so. I, I the good
0: question, my thoughts are like this. If you're um, the SEC and you've got a couple of states right now where it's not legal, Alabama, it's not legal, Georgia, it's not legal. But let's say they go get um, LSU, it's legal in, in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And let's say that LSU makes a great relationship with Caesar, let's say. that's a huge one down there. Okay. Well, then let's say it does become legal in Georgia. Well, now you got already somebody in conference. We've seen what Dave, Georgia says. Hey, we've seen what this was for LSU. Let's get with Caesars here in Georgia. If it becomes legal in Alabama, you know, Alabama. 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 <laughs> yeah, that might be one of the last places it becomes legal. But if it does, then Bama says, "Hey, uh, where is this worked best?"
1: Mm-hmm. Well, hey,
0: it worked best here with one of our other partners. We're gonna see that. You know, it's it's gonna become legal here in Kansas very soon. Yep. You know, these people be talking, talk to KU, talk to K-State. You need to be doing ads at Allen Fieldhouse. Oh, absolutely. In-game parlays, in-game betting. I mean, live bets, you need to have that. And KU needs that revenue. Kansas State needs that revenue. Mm -hmm. And then that's going to give certain, again, certain schools are going to say, they may want to do that. It's going to make Arizona and Arizona State look good. It's legal there. Yeah. So it's going to make them valuable. I think they end up in the Big 12. I'm just shocked that the Big 12 reacted as quickly as they did to start poaching. That tells me, and I like the idea. I was someone, I've been very negative Big 12 Mm -hmm. because I think Bill Bowlesby was a terrible commissioner, horrible commissioner. He's been a lack of a leader the entire time he's been commissioned. He's a wait and react guy in a business that is changing so fast. And I thought the Pac-12 went and got someone who's in a business that travels that does change fast. They're right. going to be on top of this. And now the Big 12 went and got someone from Rock Nation and they said, oh, you want to see some shit. Here we go. They saw what you UCLA and USC are doing and went, oh, there's blood in the water let's yeah. go
1: yeah and i think and it's, it's either
0: never happened or bill bowls yeah
1: i i agree and it's kind of a eat or be eaten and they're taking the let's eat yeah after and, being coached for years yeah think
0: about it from the time the big eight became the big 12 they lost their five well they lost their four biggest names yeah oklahoma texas nebraska colorado
1: and two of them were core members of the big eight.
0: Yes. And then they lost Missouri, who I would argue be behind Kansas. And I then, three, right? well, then you also, they had Texas A&M, who left.
1: But Texas A&M, so. By they big, were part
0: of the Southwest Conference play game, but they weren't right. the big eight.
1: Members. But Missouri, CU, and Nebraska were all core to the yeah. big yeah. eight.
0: Yeah. And you lose those names. And when you lose, and Oklahoma was in that. You know, when you it, it's they lost. You think about it, they lost, okay, A&M, Texas, Oklahoma, Missouri, Nebraska, Colorado, who else?
1: That's it. That's the six. Mm-hmm.
0: They lost six of their original 12 members.
1: Well, no, because A&M, Texas weren't a part of it. It was only of the Big 12, yes, but I still think of them as the, yeah, but
0: going to the Big 12. Yeah, go the Big 12.
1: But as the Big 12, yeah, they've yeah. lost. They lost
0: half, half the Big 12 since Bill Bowles became the the commissioner.
1: And it's funny because... I don't think that's quite right. I think Dan Beebe was involved Yeah, I think
0: he was the commissioner first.
1: Yeah, when CU and Nebraska left, Dan Beebe was, because that's when the fake Dan Beebe account ran rampant on Twitter, and it was the greatest thing ever. Because Dan Wetzel did this animated thing.
0: Yeah, Bill Bowles became the commissioner of the big 12 in
1: 2012. Yep.
0: Yeah. But he, and here's the thing is that, so his last job before he's big 12 commissioner was he was the AD at Stanford. Yeah. And this is what the other conferences have done so well. They didn't hire ADs. They went and got sports business people.
1: But I think and, was, it was after the Bulls lead, like, I think that era, that 2012, yeah, when Oliver Luck yeah. got moved out to do some of the commission stuff about the yeah. NCAA and all that kind of stuff. I think that's around the era that schools figured out that shifting ADs around into conference commissioners just wasn't good anymore.
0: Yeah. It's crazy to me that you got to get away from this mindset and the big 12 did it and look how fast things turned around for
1: them. yeah if this happens it's no longer a sport a sporting organization for whatever yeah. level that would be on a conference but it's yeah. a business.
0: yeah and, and let's be clear that's what this is is that it's now it's now a business it's a sports business yep and we talk a lot about sports business here now the bad part of all that is that you are going to lose a certain amount of the athletic, you know, the uh, the historical, you know, amateurism stuff to it. That's the, That's gone. And for people who don't realize it, it's been gone a long time. Oh, decades. You know, and if you don't realize that, then you're just not paying attention. I mean, it's been a long time since that's been gone. So, yeah,
1: and uh, I would like to say I fully support uh, whatever additional steps are taken for the student-athletes to form a union. Yeah. Like, that will come at some point. To.
0: Especially, that's the one thing that the NCAA would have to be able to hold those those conferences together. Maybe. Under their flag might be that, because if it goes under, that's going to be a big deal, too. Yeah. Um, couple quick things, then we'll get out of here. You see, Baker Mayfield got traded. Did
1: Panthers pick it up? Oh, some uh, paper. <laughs> it's uh, it's interesting because the Browns were looking to deal Mayfield at the draft, and yet they had hurt feelings about the fact that they might have to pay a portion of his salary, and yet here we are. The Browns are paying a portion of Baker May- Mayfield's uh, salary with his trade.
0: If progressive is smart, they got to do a Baker moves out commercial. I got to have that, you know, and I know progressive is a Cleveland company. Cleveland basically, they're not going to do it, but boy, you got to see that. That'd be great. You know,
1: well, you it's know, not like they can Baker
0: Mayfield. And it, hey, it's so easy to keep progressive insurance when you move to your new home and, <laughs>
1: But you know what? It's not like they can bring Deshaun Watson on. No.
0: So we were talking about that in the Jones Report. I was on the Jones Report a couple of nights ago doing his thing, and we were talking about that. And I've said for a while that this was a total and complete failure from ownership of the Browns from the beginning. Yeah. We talked about how hey, you look. If you just set everything aside, you pick the football version of this, it was a good deal to get Deshaun Watson. But in no world should you have made that decision just based on football. Yeah. They did this in a way where they really tied their own hands in many ways. One, they tied their hands on Deshaun's contract and everything that's going to happen, and he's going to get suspended for a very long time. Looks like it's going to be at least a year. Let's hope. Yeah. So, and, and what they didn't do is figure out with Baker Mayfield to say, hey, we got you on contract for one year. We may need you. Can you hook us up? Can you play? You know, the, the the way you've got to sell it to Baker is, Hey, we know Deshaun's going to be suspended at some point, but you can't do that. I mean, it's, you're nodding your head. You're shaking your head. I'm like, yeah, I know.
1: It's, it's an impossible sell. No, the thing that the Browns fucked it up when they were like, yeah, we don't want Baker as our, QB. Yeah. And we're very vocal about it. Yeah. and I agree 100%. And it's like there's
0: no way to sell it. The, 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 you The worst, it'd be, take the greatest salesperson of all time because the sell job has to be, hey, we're going to play you for half a season, maybe a season, and showcase you so that you can lead to be a free agent. That he would, would take is- the greatest salesperson of all time.
1: And you're just not going to do it. But he was in his last season of his contract, yes, right? Yes, yes. So I think the pitch could have been made in a way that was just like, here's how we can benefit you in a way that you can get your max contract. Yes.
0: Well, and the thing is that they couldn't promise him he could play. Because what at the time when this all started, we didn't know how long Deshaun Watson would be suspended. We, and we still don't. But if it had been six
1: games, you got to promise him six games? No, I, I fully games? I fully agree where you're coming from.
0: Yeah, I just, it's too hard to sell, and he's $19 million, and you can cut him and only pay $1 million to the cap. Yeah. But nobody was trading for him. They were asking for a number one pick. They weren't a first-round pick. Had I been any general manager, even Carolina or even Seattle, who were considering Baker Mayfield, yeah, if you called me and said oh, we want a number one pick, I'd hang up the phone. I wouldn't even laugh at you. I'd just hang up the phone, and send a guy a text saying, "Call me when you're serious." Or a, condi- a conditional five is about right. Yeah. And and then Baker takes three million dollar pay cut, mm-hmm. and the Browns are going to pay ten of the sixteen million.
1: Yeah, which is the thing that they were trying to avoid from jump.
0: Now, this is good for Baker,
1: in my view, because he gets to
0: go somewhere with the quarter with a coach that's on the hot seat. Yep. Matt Rule's on the hot seat. He needs to win. He's gonna Baker's going to a division where you're gonna have at least some success. You got Atlanta in your division. They've got a good running back, they've got a decent defense. We don't know what New Orleans is because we—they got Jameis Winston the quarterback. We don't know who they are. Right. They're either going to be really good or really bad. We don't know which one. You got Brady in the division, but you're also playing a last place or a third place schedule. So you're going to have some winnable games. Yep. So it's a great place for Baker to either try to get an extension with Carolina or to have 16 games to show his wares and say, "Here's who I am." Because we we know at his best, Baker Mayfield's a really good quarterback. Yes. I mean, Baker Mayfield week one last week last year against the Chiefs was incredible. We've seen where he's been extremely good. But we've also seen him be extremely poor.
1: Yes, absolutely. He,
0: the consistency is just not there. And you could argue that that coaching staff has not been great. He's had... I said last season when Odell Beckham left and went to the Rams, I was like, this is a this shows how good Baker really isn't. Because if he couldn't get Odell Beckham and Odell Beckham goes to the Rams and is a stud again, that's an indictment on Baker. Sure. You know, but it's also an indictment on the team. I he'll have a better offensive line in Carolina than he did in Cleveland. He's going to have a coach who's motivated because they want to keep their jobs. Mm-hmm. So this is the best situation for Baker. I hope it works. I hate the Browns got hosed in the trade. I'm glad they got hosed in the trade. Absolutely, Fuck the Browns. Fuck Jimmy Haslam and his entire franchise. I just I hate everything about the Cleveland Browns. They're becoming my least favorite team in the NFL. They I used can- to not care. Now I
1: openly hate them. Yeah, they can keep those paper bags on their heads. Yeah, make them
0: plastic here too. Make them plastic at this point, for all I care. So, good for Baker to get out of there. Good for Jarvis Landry to get out of there, and Beckham last year.
1: Yep.
0: If there's any more LSU guys in Cleveland, ask for a trade. Get out of there. Miles Garrett, asked for a trade. Get out of there. <laughs> um, last one's a fun one. We're gonna do a fun one here. Okay. Um, have you ever played Madden?
1: Uh, I've seen it. Haven't really played it.
0: I used to play Madden a lot. I don't play a lot of video games now.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, we
0: have an Xbox. that That's just what Peyton does all day long. But when I do play, I play Madden. Um, Madden has, you know, every player has a ranking, 1 to 99. And getting a 99 is extremely hard. In the Madden 22 game, there was only... Um, there was six players who had the um, 99 uh, rating. It was Patrick Mahomes, Devontae Adams, Aaron Donald, Jalen Rams, Travis Kelsey. So I'm sorry, five players. That means you are the absolute best player by a mile at your position. Yep. And you are just the perfect player. So now the 2023 game is about to come out. Patrick Mahomes has kept his 99 rating. Deservedly so. Devontae Adams has kept his 99 rating. Okay. Aaron Donald has kept his 99 rating. If there's ever going to be a 100, it should be Aaron Donald.
1: I mean, I'm here for that.
0: I'm here for that. Uh, Yeah. Um, No Ramsey. No Kelsey. They've added Cooper Cup. Okay. Who had a phenomenal season last year. Yep. Uh, Miles Garrett has been added, who is absolutely phenomenal, mm-hmm. T.J. Watt, who was defensive MVP last year, got a 99. And just announced today, as we're this on Thursday, the first offensive lineman to get a 99, Trent Williams of the 49ers. Now, here's why I'm all excited about this. I don't normally get excited about those batting ratings. I don't know the players. It's like a badge of honor to get a 99 rating but I love it because I love linemen. You do. I love linemen. I played offensive a lot. I love, I look at my favorite part of the game still. I love watching offensive linemen just murder people. And Trent Williams, maybe one of the best two or three I've ever seen. If you get a chance, go to YouTube, type in Trent Williams and highlights, and you can have a blast watching. I saw one in particular where they ran the old USC student body, right? And he's yeah. a tackle out there pulling. And he just takes out like three guys. And you're just like, wow. I mean, he opens up holes all by himself. Little thing of beauty. Oh, I got it. You got to love it. And he is the best offensive lineman in the league. Um, I've I I've seen him and Donald go at it. And I've seen him beat Donald. That's Donald plays more interior. But I've seen the 49ers have gotten creative with some of those run plays against the Rams. And when they do, it's pulling that tackle. Yeah, try to clip Donald with him and Williams gets after him. he gets after everybody. So, um, best left tackle in football. I'm so thrilled. They put an offensive lineman got a 99 rating because mm-hmm. I went back. I didn't get a look of all of them. I don't like Brady's been a 99, like three times. And I think Peyton yeah. Manning has it one time or another, sure. a lot of quarterbacks get them. It's easier for a wide receiver. Um, I know a couple of running backs, Adrian Peterson's done it, a couple others. I never give it to a line, never. And Trent Williams getting I mean, that. That's pretty cool. So,
1: I mean, that is cool. And, and as I mentioned when we were offline, it, it's also cool for those uh, NBA people that, yeah, NBA 2K23, Michael Jordan's on the cover. So, yeah, uh, you know, showcasing the, The infamous, famous, however you want to phrase it, 23 is kind of fun.
0: 2K does the ratings as well. Yeah. Let's play a little game here for a minute. Okay. I'm going to give you a name. You tell me what rating you'd give them: 1 to 99. Okay. LeBron.
1: 97.
0: Okay. Luka.
1: 92. Jokic. 95.
0: I think he'll be the highest rated in 2023. I think he'll be the highest rate. I think he'll be as close as you can get to the perfect. Steph.
1: He's probably a 99. Durant. 91.
0: I'd give Durant a 72.
1: Fuck that I thing. know you would. Can't <laughs> I, get- I would do a thing where
0: like he can never make the shot and he would like anytime you bump him, he would automatically be out for the next three
1: games. Yeah, no, I understand that that's how you would do it. I'm just actually trying to pay what yeah. Oh not. he
0: you know and he's and I know I've given Kevin Durant a lot of grief in the last few weeks, especially. He's a talented, talented basketball player. Yeah. He is. I just don't think he's LeBron. He wants to be LeBron so bad. I don't think he's anywhere near as talented as LeBron.
1: They both have about the same hairline though.
0: Yeah, but you know, LeBron, I don't think that matters.
1: I'm just saying they both should just shave it. And be done. Oh, I think
0: LeBron needs to come on home for sure. Yeah, I think oh, LeBron Kevin should come on too. home like three years ago. Yeah.
1: And so does Tiger and so does Rafa. You, know, you um, know what
0: you could do? If you go online enough on Twitter and you keep saying, hey, Durant, you need to come on home, he'll see it because he's got like 10 burner accounts. He sees what everyone says. I'm surprised he probably has downloaded this podcast. Someone out here has heard me ranting about Kevin Durant and he who knows have. who I am.
1: I'm living that protected life.
0: I'm so. gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a sign wherever he ends up, I'm gonna go to one of his games. Coach Bo is coming
1: for you. <laughs> Goodness.
0: All right, let me ask you. So you heard me ranting to Kevin Durant last week. Um nope. where do you think he ends up?
1: Most likely I think it's gonna be Arizona, but I don't know how the trade looks to get him there because you're okay. not getting rid of Booker. Yeah. I don't know if aiden goes. Uh, I mean, that would be the most likely option. And then he gets dumped somewhere else because I don't think he really would
0: fit in Brooklyn. So yeah. and, and I, I want to root, and I want to root for those Suns teams. I like Booker and I like Chris. I Hall, too. And and I like DeAndre Aiden. I saw him in person. I was like, this DeAndre is one of the rare players who could have played in the 90s, the 80s and 90s. When it was a bigger man's game, DeAndre Aiden could have played in that, that league. Uh, just the league is different now. Yeah. And it's not a knock on DeAndre Aiden. Hey, the league is different.
1: It's changed.
0: Yeah. And his skill set's not what the skill set is nowadays. Um, I thought P. Money had a really, really good prediction that I didn't see coming.
1: About the Miami thing?
0: No, he's he, Miami's one of the two places that Durant wants to go. Right. P. Money thinks he's going back to, to Washington, D.C., he's going to play for the Wizards. He thinks they'll partner up Beale with Durant that's where Kevin Durant's from he's from DC
1: yeah I understand that but DC the Wizards also made some moves at the trade deadline that I'm not sure that would work but he may be right
0: that was I I had not heard anybody say and that one made sense because it's the one of those teams that couldn't make a trade work um I I think the most likely destination is Phoenix I hope it's not because I want to root for that team but I'm if Kevin Durant goes down, I'll never root for him. <laughs> and it's a shame because I really like Devin Booker. I've been a Chris Paul fan for a very long time. But I'll I'll never root for him if they have Kevin Durant. Plus, he'll never play. So
1: he'll play. No, he plays 30 games a year. He's gonna get hurt. Have you seen what LeBron He's plays this season? Fragile.
0: Durant's fragile. Okay, well, with that, we're gonna drop up out of here and uh Want to say thanks, Ellen, for joining us today. Uh, want to say thanks for being patient with getting the pod out. We've had some connection issues, kind of lost the end of the pod as we were finishing up on our NBA talk. We're going to table a couple items for next week. Uh, want to say thanks to Tyler Jones, everybody at Studio Soapbox for all you do behind the scenes. Most importantly, thank you to you, the listener. Don't forget to rate us and review us. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. We appreciate every five-star review. We want to thank uh, GoldBelly for sponsoring the pod this week. If you did have a chance, check out the link in the show notes. Give GoldBelly a chance, $25 off your first order of $50 or more. So until next, until Monday... I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. Have a great weekend. Remember, your time tokens are non refundable. And don't forget, vote no on August the 2nd here in Kansas. Thanks, everybody. Take care.